Hello, this is Peyton with Picada Talks. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy at home right now. I also hope you guys are all staying in touch with friends and family. Staying connected to loved ones is really important right now as well. So this is just the second podcast that we have made so far. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the first one, please do. That was a quick introduction and a summary of the book Dope Sick by Beth Macy. So this podcast will cover a different book, Addict in the Family. This is by Beverly Conyers, who has typically focused her career on writing about mindfulness, recovery, self-help, addiction, along those lines. So overall, this book has received really positive feedback from readers overall. One comment from the author of Beautiful Boy and Clean, David Sheff. Um, so he's published on the back of the book. And he says, when my eldest son became addicted to crystal meth and heroin, I could barely function. I would not have survived without Beverly Conyers' Addict in the Family, which provided guidance and hope. I realized I wasn't alone in my hellish journey. The book helped me get through nights when I was terrified that his addiction would take his life. It offered a path to healing. Another reader writes, I feel more at peace and I cry a lot less when I refer to this book. Overall, I think if this book has that kind of effect on one or 100 readers, then it is successful. Conyers began writing about addiction in 2003 after she discovered that her youngest daughter had become addicted to heroin. She wanted to learn everything she could about the disease and to help others who were struggling to cope with a loved one's addiction. Throughout her years of writing, she grew increasingly interested in the process of recovery, which has led her to take a real look at how alcohol has played a destructive role in her own life. Addict in the Family contains stories of loss, hope, and recovery told through stories of multiple individuals. Conyers does a fantastic job at remaining open-minded, optimistic, and creates a judgment-free zone with her words. Although I cannot personally relate to the stories in this book, I felt Conyers wrote with compassion and understanding And I can only imagine the hope and strength that this book has the opportunity to bring many people. She includes a few appendix in the back of the book with some great information that is necessary to understanding addiction. I think it's vital information to incorporate in her book because I believe many people lack knowledge or understanding of the scientific evidence that there is that really supports addiction as a disease. She talks about different drugs, chemicals in the brain and how their interactions fit into the concept of idea. She lists and identifies chemicals which are major players in the addiction process, from dopamine to endorphins, to heroin, hallucinogens, so many more. Conyers describes these chemicals and drugs in a really in-depth way regarding their relationship or the role that they play in addiction. 
So before I dive into the book too much, I'd like to talk about addiction a little bit. So the brain contains billions of impulse-conducting cells called neurons. These are also called nerve cells. These neurons communicate with each other by releasing chemical messengers or neurotransmitters, and there may be as many as 300 different types of neurotransmitters in the human brain. The human experience of pleasure occurs primarily within two areas of the brain. These pleasure centers are closely connected to the brain system for processing other things like appetite, sex, pain, memory, and emotions. The pleasure or reward circuit in our brain is highly receptive to dopamine, which is the pleasure messenger. Dopamine is released when the pleasure circuit is stimulated by enjoyable activities. Addictive substances also stimulate that reward system and therefore artificially induce powerful sensations of pleasure. The more an addictive substance is used, the more dopamine receptors are destroyed. So a tolerance is built and the drug user must use a higher dosage of the drug to feel the same effects as before. Then those ordinary pleasures fail to stimulate the brain at all. This helps explain why most addicts eventually lose interest in people and activities that once brought them joy. So to the addicted brain, that chemical or artificial high becomes not only an intense source of pleasure, but it becomes the only source of pleasure. In her opening chapter of Family Disease, the stories of Shelley and Elaine, mothers of addicts, talk about their experiences. These women have expressed shame and disappointment by saying things like, they'd all look down on me, it's too horrible, too shameful. When asked if they talk about their children's addiction with family or friends. When Elaine reflected on her daughter's drug use, she noted and said, she started with pot and alcohol when she was just a kid. I think this is important to note for myself, who is working in the prevention field, that when we are working with communities to prevent the use of heroin or opioids, that often means preventing the onset of drug use and experimentation with drugs like alcohol or marijuana. In chapter three, The Beast Inside, the concept of addict in the family is discussed on kind of another level. The idea of addiction running in the family is evident here, and the reader is introduced to John. John is a recovering addict and is also the father of grown children who are fighting their own battles with addiction. Addiction is referred to the beast inside for these individuals. I'm going to read a quote that helps open up this chapter. Whether it's a beast inside or a monkey on the back, addiction has the power to wipe out reason, willpower, and good intentions. Conyers appropriately presents research and adds discussion 
surrounding the biology and the psychology of addiction in this chapter. The way Conyers is continually adding information, research, and data within her chapters gives her words such real validation. Providing research data and personal stories and experiences is a strong argument in any scenario, and Conyers definitely did a great job at incorporating both these qualitative and quantitative informations for her reader. It's very clear that she understands the desire to ease the pain of their loved ones. As she mentions, she is also a mother of an addict. In her chapter, Addicted to the Addict, she goes into how mentally draining it can be for family members because of becoming so invested in the addict's recovery. By getting too wrapped up in the addict's life, loved ones may begin neglecting their own life. It feels like you should be all invested because you love them so much and you are so scared. But Conyers really stresses the importance of living your own life and that the only person who can truly change an addict's life and behavior is the addict themselves. So I'm going to read a quick paragraph from the chapter Addicted to the Addict. The first counselor I consulted about my daughter's addiction told me, Control is the flip side of fear. I remembered that often as my efforts to control my daughter's behavior and cure her addiction led me to behave in ways that once would have seemed unthinkable. I also really love the way Beverly Conyers concludes the book and how she wraps it all together in her last two chapters, really. The second to last chapter, Path to Recovery, and the last chapter, Time to Heal. They're very uplifting, optimistic ways to follow a lot of the horrible stories she just told and the very in-depth information that she shared. She provides words of wisdom, lots of phrases that are often used at AA or Al-Anon meetings. Some of the headlines from these chapters include choosing to heal, practicing acceptance, living in the present, and learning to forgive. So based off that, I'm sure you can get an idea of what she talks about, the, the openness and just the forgiving aspects of letting the addict have control, I guess. Whether the reader can personally relate to these stories or not, I think some of the information she provides is so important to know, to read, and to share awareness on. Beverly Conyers writes as an optimist and as an alliance to anyone who has been impacted by addiction. She has clearly done her research and she is passionate about this topic and she wants to see people recover from the disease of addiction. 
If you are a family member dealing with a loved one's addiction, Dane County has a wealth of Al-Anon meetings. There you will find kindred spirits who have either been on the path you are currently dealing with or where you currently are. Each with their own story to share, you can find offerings of courage, strength, and hope from all of those around the table. Al-Anon meetings are truly safe places to go and find support that you may be looking for. Someone to hear what you have to say. The power of being heard. A plus is knowing that also you're not alone on this journey. For Dane County meetings in the area, as well as additional information, go to Madison Area Al-Anon on the internet. Unfortunately, with the Safer at Home status right now, no in-person meetings are being held, but the community is continuing to support one another by having Al-Anon meetings on Zoom, which is a Skype-like feature um, online. If you have any further questions about Al-Anon meetings, please reach out and I will be happy to share any information about these meetings if you need that help. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Addict in the Family. Send me an email at paytint at fsmad.org. That's P-A-Y-T-O-N-T at fsmad.org with any comments and or suggestions. And as always, I hope you and your families are staying happy and healthy and safe right now. Take care and you will hear from me again.